What's going on, everybody? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for today, May 19th, 2021. Click that subscribe button on YouTube. Mash that notification bell. Maybe you'll see the videos. We don't know, but it's worth a shot. Doesn't take that much effort. It's a tap for you and a lifetime of entertainment. Uh, All right, we got a whole bunch to get to. And, you know, earlier in the week, I talked to you guys about the clown pill. To recap very quickly, you all know the blue pill. That's just when you accept you know, the mainstream narrative on everything. That's the way most people are, probably 70% of the people, just ignorance is bliss. Then what we like to do is shift people to the red pill. That's when you realize you know, how many lies are out there. Life is a little harder after that. You've sort of seen behind the curtain and you see that the Wizard of Oz is just a little old man, not a giant green head. Then, of course, after that, what can come is the black pill, which is then where you're just depressed about everything because it's like, oh man, the system's evil, we're against big tech and the Democrats and the media and it's all this awful thing and you just kind of check out. And then earlier in the week, well, actually this was on last Friday, I was in Dallas over at the Blaze Studios and I did Elijah Schaefer's show and he's an actual journalist who goes out into the field and interviews people. He's been in the middle of the riots. He's paid the price for it. The guy's been punched and attacked and all sorts of stuff. But I was on his show and they were talking about the clown pill and the clown pill is sort of what happens after the black pill, which is that if you don't wanna be depressed about everything, that in essence, you just see stories and you just start laughing and making fun of them. Now, I don't think we can always do that all the time because we do live in particularly crazy times, but you know the way I try to do this show. I try to do it with a little bit of humor, get you guys laughing a little bit, You know, try to do it with a, a smile on my face sometimes times, try to not make everybody crazy. And with that as the spirit of today's show, the three stories that we're going to be covering are first, the most important story of the week by far. You know, I know people are saying, oh, there's a lot of problems in the Middle East. You know, there's gas lines, you know, hackers, the president has dementia, all of that kind of stuff. But we saw this story on People Magazine uh, that Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, she has this store in LA, Goop, I've been there, I'll get to it in a few minutes. Uh, And someone bought a candle there and she sells these candles that apparently smell like her vagina and this man is claiming that he lit the candle and it exploded. So we're gonna get to that. I've got the exploding candle and we're gonna test it out. This is very exciting. Okay, so there's, there's your clown pill. Then your red pill moment, which is the second story we're gonna be covering, which is that the Democrats have just become racist, period, that's it. This is not up for debate anymore. You have basically racist Democrats and silent, pathetic, anemic, impotent Democrats. That's really all that there is left. Uh, Raphael Warnock, who's the uh, senator, one of the new senators from Atlanta, uh, he was giving a commencement speech and you'll hear some of his racist stuff. And then Lori Lightfoot, who we talked about the other day, the woman who looks like Beetlejuice, who's the mayor of uh, Chicago, uh, she's only granting interviews to black or brown journalists. Yes, really, these people are racist, that's it. And then finally, and I guess this is sort of the, this isn't red pill, well, I guess this is a, a, a red pill I want a new one. Is it, what's the white pill exactly? I want to know what the white pill is because this is a great story, actually. So you may remember the McCloskeys. This was the family in Missouri that during the height of the Black Lives Matter riots and just wandering through residential neighborhoods and burning things down and destroying stores and everything else, you may remember this couple that actually went out there and had the, the wife had a little, a little pistol, the, the, the man had a shotgun, 
and then, of course, the media tried to turn on them, call them white supremacists and everything else. There's no reason to think that these people were anything other than upstanding citizens. He was, was and is a lawyer. Well, the media tried to destroy him, and this guy has now decided to run for Senate in Missouri. So yes, that is the white pill story. So we're doing a clown pill story about Gwyneth Paltrow's exploding vagina. We're doing a red pill story, which is the Democrats are racist. We've got to see it and we've got to talk about it. And then the white pill is the optimistic pill. And the McCloskeys uh, give us reason for hope because good people are getting in the game. So I'm excited to do the show today. And the coffee tastes good. All right, guys, so Gwyneth Paltrow has this store here in Los Angeles. I've been to the store. It's in, I think it's in the Brentwood market or something, very elite market. It's a super expensive store. You know, it's a lot of celebrity nonsense there, overpriced water and all that crap. Well, uh, we've got a quote from people.com. A Texas man is suing Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness brand, Goop, after he says his scented candle exploded. Colby Watson filed a class action lawsuit in California on Monday, alleging that he purchased the famous, this smells like my vagina candle for $75 from the Goop website in January, according to court documents obtained by NBC News. In the complaint, Watson says that upon lighting the candle, for the first time it exploded and was engulfed in high flames after it had been burning for about three hours, the news outlet reports. No injuries were reported. So I wanna be very clear about something. I have been to Goop. I mean, it's just sort of elite, high-priced, overpriced nonsense. Her vagina-smelling candle costs $75. We mostly get our candles at Ikea in this house. Not to say if you've got the cash and you wanna spend it on the expensive candles, we do enjoy some nice candles too. I like a sandalwood. Anyway, we've been to Goop and a few months ago, was, I, mean, I don't know, maybe it was before the lockdowns. I guess it was before the lockdowns. I haven't been anywhere ever. Uh, time has just melted. Uh, we went into Goop because we heard about the, uh, the vagina smelling candle. And you know, I've been out of that game for a while, but I thought, all right, let me, let me see what's going on over here. And I smelled the vagina candle and meh. Eh, didn't smell like much, didn't smell like much. I don't know if that's more of a, uh, a commentary on Gwyneth Paltrow's actual vagina or if that's a commentary on just whatever they're putting in the candle. That's, you know, for other people to decide. But in any event, we did buy the uh, exploding vagina candle. So I've got it here. And you know, one of the things I talk about on the show all the time on this very special clown episode of The Rubin Report is that nobody does journalists journalism anymore, right? Nobody really does journalism anymore. These people just comment on things. They, they're not journalists in a traditional sense of being out there on the field, figuring out what is what. They just tell you what they think about everything. As I always say, I'm not a journalist. I'm telling you what I think, but I'm being honest about it. Anywho, I thought I'd do a little journalism here right now. We've got the Gwyneth Paltrow, this smells like my vagina candle, and I'm going to light it right now, and we'll see what happens. Big show, big show today, guys, okay? So here we, I mean, I can't imagine anything is gonna happen with, Gwyneth Paltrow is an upstanding member of our Hollywood society. This is a good woman, you know what I mean? Why would she have an exploding vagina candle? It's just crazy. But anyway, I'm gonna go ahead, here we go. I did not expect that. I guess it's a exploding 
vagina candle. Oh my God, can you believe it? All right, guys, there it is. There is the clown pill story of today. Are you guys proud of the work that we're doing around here? Michael's giving me the look like, I better update my resume. Anyway, I just thought that was so stupid and ridiculous. And I was also looking for an excuse to, you know, show the exploding Death Star as always. Um, but like, I just felt like everyone needed a little break from the nonsense. So I hope you enjoyed that story. I hope none of you have the candle. And, uh, and you know what, actually, any of you that do have the vagina, the Gwyneth Paltrow vagina smelling candle, I don't care if it explodes or not. I'd actually like to just know if you think it truly smells like her vagina. And like, I would also love to know like the process by which they were able to figure that out. You know what I mean? Did they have scientists down there? Was, was Fauci down there? You know what I mean? Trust the science. So Fauci's down, you know, they've got Gwyneth Paltrow like this and Fauci's down there going, well, we're in the bottom of the six. I guess I have to stay here for a little bit longer. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Democrats. They're, they're all just absolutely terrible. And we're gonna show you this clip of Raphael Warnock in a second giving this commencement speech. Uh, and of course, talking about 1619, which in essence, I know you guys, most of you know this already, the 1619 project was this ridic ridiculous, factually flawed project that the New York Times put out there that they subsequently admitted was not factual. And even some of the people who uh, put the whole project together admitted that it was more narrative than based on fact. But the, the basic idea of the 1619 project is that in 1619, that's the real founding of America. It's not 1776, but 1619, because America is fundamentally founded on slavery and racism. This is just simply not true. You know my feelings on what a wonderful country America is, although we're running pretty thin at the moment. Um, and we may need a sort of second revolution, or at least that, that kind of spirit. I don't mean that in, in sort of a violent terms, but just like a renewal of the American spirit. It feels like we, we desperately need that. But the Democrats have become radical. There are, there are virtually no non-radical leftist Democrats. There are no good liberals left. If you are a liberal and you are watching this, you are a modern conservative. I know it's scary. It took a long time for me to realize it too, but the conservatives have a wide freaking tent of plurality of opinion of people who wanna live and restore and rejuvenate this great nation. So this is Raphael Warnock who just became senator of Georgia. You may remember that they won both those seats. And, and I just wanna add one more thing before we get to the clip, which is that right after the election, I had a, a big party at my house. It, it was an illegal party, but you know, I'm a radical freedom extremist. And I had about 50 people here. And, and it was a lot of people that you sort of know through the show and sort of well-known political people and TV people and all that. And I had a whole bunch of people who were sort of anti-Trump people that uh, some of them actually privately voted for Trump, but that were anti-Trump people, but they all kept saying, because the, uh, the Atlanta elections were in January, they were like, oh, you know what? We'll keep the Senate, meaning the Republicans will win the Senate and that, that sort of division in government will stop the true radicalism from coming. And I kept saying to people, well, A, I don't know that the Republicans are gonna win. And in fact, the Republicans lost both seats. But also if you think that what can save the system is like one senator, like oh, there's so many people that think that Joe Manchin, because he's not a completely psychotic leftist, that he can save the union. And it's like, that stuff's not working. Anyway, this is a very short clip. Uh, listen to Raphael Warnock, Democratic senator from Georgia, giving a commen commencement speech. Go forth, don't just teach us how to make our way out of COVID-19, teach us how to make our way out of COVID-16-19. 
So you see what he's doing now. Now, first off, virtually nobody clapped. Okay, that's fine. Um, but what they're trying to do is, so first off, we've got the COVID-19 thing. Now we all realize it's wrapping up. Whatever COVID needed to do for the system, it did. If it was to break people, if it was to destroy lives, if it was to empower awful politicians, whatever it needed to do, if, if it was here solely to get rid of Trump, whatever the entire machine needed COVID to be, it did it and we're sort of moving past it now. Uh, so he's saying, okay, well, you guys got to lead us out of COVID-19, but also out of COVID-16-19. What he is saying there, this is a senator in the United States Senate, a Democratic senator, saying you must lead us out of this, meaning America was founded on racism and bigotry and slavery. Now, I believe that he believes that, and that is the problem. That is the problem. I don't think that the average, well, it's hard to say at this point, I, I don't know what the average Democrat voter is right now. Right? Are they all radical extremists? And for a long time, it was just this yipping dog that, that barked much louder than its bite. Well, now it's like, well, what really is this thing? Because if the party has nobody left to, to stand up, like where is somebody in the party? Where are the leaders of the party? Say Nancy Pelosi hopped up on her expensive ice cream or, or you know, Chuck Schumer, who's utterly useless. Where are they to say, uh, uh, Raphael, you know, you're the new guy in the Senate when we appreciate you and uh, you know, we're happy you won and you beat those scary uh, Trump Republican types. Um, but no, America is not evil and racist. And when you tell that as a commencement speaker, when you tell that to a group of young people who are gonna be the people that lead us into the future, you're actually burning down America. Now, of course, we know that Pelosi and Schumer and the rest of whatever an old school Democrat is, most of the good ones are dead. Shout out to JFK. Um, we just know they're not gonna do anything. They have no power and this is the future of the party. Uh, for a little context, and I discussed this a bit actually in my interview with Nigel Farage last week, what is happening to our Democratic Party right now is what already has happened to the Labor Party, which in effect is the left party in the UK. They went full on radical extremist left. They bought identity politics. They bought hatred of the nation and all of that stuff. Now, fortunately, in the following election, after they went that deep and Jeremy Corbyn, who's like a true anti-Semite, and I don't, you know, you guys know I don't use those terms lightly, right? I don't run around calling people bigots or anything else like that, uh, unless it's actually warranted. Um, I think, and, and here's, the, here's the white pill version of this. We got a midterm election coming up in a year and it's like these people all gotta go. Now I understand that Raphael Warnock is, you know, he's in for six years, but I mean, when whatever congressional seats can be won back by Republicans, get every Democrat out. I hate to sound so partisan in that regard, right? Like I'm not even a member of the Republican party. I don't even mean this as a, it's Democrat versus conservative, liberal versus, versus or it's Democrat versus Republican, liberal versus conservative or any of that stuff. It's bait, you, you like America. Do you think any of this is good? Do you think your grandparents, your great grandparents came to something that was better than the thing that they left? And would you prefer that the thing that they left, that awful, you, in most cases, communism or socialism or something even worse, Nazism, whatever it is, do you think that that should be imported here? And if you think that should be imported here, then you should vote for the Democrats. But I don't think that's what most people want. And, and man, again, we gotta get, braver, quicker, we really gotta get braver, quicker. But if you don't think a sitting senator announcing to a group of young college students that they're gonna have to fight against, in essence, this racist nation, if you don't think that's scary enough or, or ridiculous enough, uh, we've got a quote here from a journalist at NBC5 in Chicago. Her name is Mary Ann Ahern. 
Uh, and this is about Lori Lightfoot. She says, quote, the mayor's communication director told me only black or brown journalists would get a one-on-one. I express my outrage, but nothing has changed. So Lori Lightfoot is a racist. Lori Lightfoot is also deeply anti-science. We played a video, I believe it was yesterday, that she is gonna continue to wear masks even though she's vaccinated. She just loves controlling people. Also in her city of Chicago, 41 people were shot this past weekend. Now we know nobody cares about that because it's 99% every weekend. It's black people shooting other black people. And if you talk about that, they'll tell you a ra- you're, you know, they'll tell you you're a racist and all of those things. But this is a this is a serious escalation. Like I get it. The left is completely bananas. Th- these are not good people. They they have been rotted and and corroded and they don't know what they believe and and all of that stuff. All of that stuff, right? I get it. But this is a massive escalation. This is a sitting mayor, not just saying what Warnock said, which is, ah, America's racist, we gotta, we gotta flip that, or any of the nonsense that AOC is saying, or that Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib is saying. Like, they're all deeply anti-American. I mean, do you think any of them honestly care about the Constitution, which is what they swore to protect when they signed their oath of office? And I think if there's a smart lawyer out there, people should start looking into at what point have they clearly violated their oath of office? But but I get you know I get it. The ship is sort of sailed on like a functional defense, I suppose, or something like that. Um, but this is deeply dangerous because this is now okay. I am a mayor. She happens to be black. I don't care that she's black. I wouldn't care if she's white either. She's just a bad mayor, an awful mayor who, as I said yesterday, when Biden got elected, she was out there with the crowds without a mask, saying, "Oh well, we can take the mask off because we got to be happy." Now she's got an extra mask, even though the CDC doesn't even want her to wear masks anymore. And people are getting killed in her city and and the economics there are are a disaster and everything else. But now she's saying, I'll only be interviewed by black people. The anti-racists, that, right? The self-proclaimed anti-racists are the racists. Please show me anyone on the right, a conservative. Show me anyone in the Trump world. Show me any, any sane person. Please find one for me, please, so I can have a mea culpa and retract this tomorrow. Show me anyone outside of progressive circles that will only be interviewed by people of their race. But that's what the anti-racists want. Do you guys get it yet? These are the racists. They are here to destroy the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. As a matter of fact, we played it also yesterday, Joe Biden said that George Floyd's death will have more worldwide impact than Martin Luther King Jr. And as I, I, you know, I gave credit where it's due, he may be right in the most sick, perverse, twisted way, which is that the, everything that has happened in the last couple of years is a complete erasure of Martin Luther King Jr. So Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy of freedom and, and respect for the individual and equality for all people and that hope that his children wouldn't be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, well, all of that is being erased and now there is a worldwide movement to resegregate us, to re-racialize everything. And in many ways, America is the epicenter of all of it because we've done it better than everyone. Everyone in the history of the world, we have brought more people here for more success and more freedom and more everything else and that's why nobody leaves. So even this morning I saw some idiotic tweet about Bernie Sanders babbling on about the price that people 
pay, you know, McDonald's in Denmark pays their employees $22. And it's like, yeah, McDonald's also, or Denmark also has 35% tax rates for almost everybody. The burgers do cost more. Denmark's also a tiny Nordic country. And it's like, just go, go to Denmark, you old socialist buffoon. Nobody wants you here. Like, just leave, please. It would, like, leave if, if it's so terrible. It's so terrible. Like maybe I should start a GoFundMe to get rid of some of these people. What if we just start a GoFundMe and it's like, you guys hate this place so much. Like, I don't wanna jail you. I know you'd prefer to jail your political opponents. I, I don't wanna hurt you in any way, but I'd like to help you actually. I'd like to help Bernie. I'd like to help AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and all of these people that hate this place so much. I'd, love to, I'd like to help Lori Lightfoot and, and uh, Warnock. It's like, let's put together a big GoFundMe and it's like, you guys wanna go to Denmark? Denmark's gonna have to build a wall. Uh, anyway, I think I've made my feelings clear on this. We got, a, we got a big problem, guys. We got a big problem because we have a racist party in the United States and the media is trying to trick you into thinking that everyone else is racist and it just ain't true. That's your red pill story. And now let's do your white pill story because I actually think this is freaking phenomenal. You may remember Mark McCloskey and his wife from a couple months back at the height of the Black Lives Matter riots, which by the way, have cost about $2 billion worth of damage. We're not really allowed to talk about that though. Uh, and the general lawlessness that took, uh, you know, took place across America throughout the summer and into the fall. And you know, it's happening now, by the way. Uh, we didn't even play the video, but just yesterday, last night in Los Angeles, I tweeted it out if you, if you wanna see it. I, I didn't even wanna, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't wanna add, fuel to the fire, but there was a group of Jewish people sitting outside in West Hollywood, um, which is right by Beverly Hills, right by the La Cienega area. It's a big Jewish community there. And a bunch of Palestinian activists just jump out of a car and attack them. That's happening on the streets of Los Angeles, the city that I'm in right now. Um, and you won't see that on CNN. New York Times ain't gonna cover that, right? If there was a fake actor who was black and gay, who hired his two cousins or whatever it was to put a rope around his neck and say he attacked him while he was walking out of subway, then you know Nancy Pelosi and AOC would be telling us this is proof of systemic racism, but random Jews you know, eating outside at a sushi place, just getting mauled by a group of Palestinian protesters. Let's not, let's not talk about that. Anyway, I, I link this to Mark McCloskey because you may remember last summer, this is the guy who they busted into his street, which was a private gated street in the middle of burning all this stuff down. And he and his wife actually defended their property. But if you don't remember, let's take a look. So to be absolutely clear, he lived on a private street. They broke through the gate at the private street. He did not shoot anybody. Uh, you know, I remember a lot of people were upset about the way the, his wife was holding the gun. Okay, fine. Uh, he was called a white supremacist. His wife was called a white supremacist. They were docs, they were attacked. People tried to take out his law firm, all of the usual stuff. All that man did was in a time when cities were burning, was say, this is mine. I am the king of this castle. I deserve a place on this earth that I own and I can protect, which is the God-given right given to all of us in the United States, at least for now, they'd love to come take it. Um, well, after all of that, surviving all the machine and the cancel culture and just all the stuff, well, he's actually 
putting his money where his mouth is. He's somebody that almost got destroyed, but is now fighting back and he is running for senator in Missouri. Here's his campaign ad. When the angry mob came to destroy my house and kill my family, I took a stand against them. Now I'm asking for the privilege to take that stand for all of us. I will never back down. Our nation is under attack. Big tech, big business, the swamp in DC are all working together to destroy our God-given freedom, our culture, and our heritage. When was the last time a politician defended you? defended America, stood between you and the mob. We need defenders. But all we get is dividers. Every day they teach us to hate each other. Left versus right, black versus white, rich versus poor. This is a tactic to destroy us. But we are all Americans. We are Missourians. Our nation, our state, our homes are worth defending. Our freedoms are worth defending. I can promise you one thing that when the mob comes to destroy our homes, our state, and our country, I will defend them. I will never back down. That is a good man right there. That is not someone that wanted to be a politician. That is not someone I sense that wanted to be in the fight at this public level. He was obviously a, a successful lawyer before this, but that is someone who the world struck at him and he decided to strike back. That's more of the spirit that we need. I don't know all of his policy positions. I don't care about all of his policy positions. I suspect we probably have some political differences. However, I have no doubt that if I lived in Missouri, I would vote for that man. Now, what will be interesting is the mob will strike back, right? Like there will be many, many more hit pieces on him. Wait till all the national Democrats and their allies at CNN and everywhere else decide to figure out all the hit pieces they can put out there and then funnel all the money in, right? They're gonna just funnel a ton of money to destroy this guy, which in many ways is the most anti-American thing you can do because states have a right to decide who their elected representatives are, but this is the new thing, which is like what happened actually in Georgia when, when Warnock was uh, elected, there was a ton of outside money being poured into Georgia so the Democrats could get what they want. And Democrats generally are better with this sort of thing. You may remember Andrew Yang, and I'm sort of over Andrew Yang. He turned out to be the sort of worst, sort of just nothingness Democrat. Everybody thought he was sort of the moderate. Well, he's just sort of nothing. But he was campaigning in Georgia to get this guy elected. It's like, what do you have to do with that, Andrew Yang? Like, th th this is why politics is so wacky. And we've got to get back to local politics states' rights and, and all of those things. Anyway, so Mark McCloskey, if you're watching this or if anyone on your team is watching this, I would love to interview you. It would be an absolute pleasure. No need for notes. Let's just talk about all of it, see what happens. Uh, we will reach out, obviously, through the proper channels. Oh, and that does remind me of one other thing that I wanna say before uh, we end the show today, which is that, you know, as you guys know, I've sort of, in these last two, three weeks, sort of supported, I say supported, I've, I've said nice things and somewhat promoted uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who is running against Gavin Newsom in this California recall election. We have repeatedly, repeatedly on this show, reached out through all the proper channels to her team. We haven't heard back. I've tweeted at her many times. My tweets get may, way more traffic than any of her tweets do. So I know that either she or the intern who's running the Twitter account or the team are seeing it. So it is my belief at this point that this will sort of be my last effort at this, that if we don't at least hear back, the fact that nobody is responding to us, you don't have to do the show, you can just politely 
you know, say, no, we're not doing it, or we're figuring out the media stuff or whatever. It is my belief at this point that the, the Caitlyn Jenner thing is a complete sham. I, I just don't think it's real. I think they put together a nice slick ad, and I'm guessing she has a reality show team with her. I don't know that for a fact, but I would love to know if that's true because I'm guessing it is. But I, I don't believe it's a real campaign, which is a damn shame because California needed somebody to stand up. And in an odd way, maybe it was supposed to be someone like Caitlyn Jenner to kind of flip this whole thing on its head. I don't mean to make this about me specifically, but the point is I've been one of the most outspoken people in, in California. I have a pretty big platform here to get the voice out. And if your team is so inept that they just don't respond, we've tried on, on every proper front behind the scenes and I've done it publicly. The fact that you guys don't even respond, either this is an unserious campaign and you're just using it for PR purposes for a new reality show or something like that, or you're completely mismanaged. So I say that with no animosity, I say that with no hatred or malice or anything else. Uh, I guess we'll give it another day or two for someone to just respond. Um, you don't have to do the show, obviously, Caitlin, if you think I'm you know, too much of a hard interview, because that's what I'm really known as. I, you know, I really beat my, so my interview subjects into, into pulp. Um, but otherwise, at this point, after weeks, we also donated 50 bucks, I've got the stupid mug. Um, you know, it's just a PR campaign, that, that's all I think it is, which is a damn shame because Gavin Newsom should not be the governor of this state anymore. And unfortunately, I don't see anyone else, I'll support literally anyone else, but I don't see anyone else out there. So I'd love to know what's really going on there, Caitlin. And I think it's probably just a PR stunt and, and absolutely nothing more than that. Anywho, guys, uh, part three of my interview. If you want a little red pill and a little clown pill and a little white pill, part three of my interview with Michael Malice, who you guys know how I feel about him, the Willy Wonka of politics. He dressed like Q from the DC comics. Uh, it, it is up on YouTube right now. There's three parts. Part three just went up this morning. The full episode is up already ad free at rubenreport.locals.com. And uh, all right, get out there. Watch out with your candles, people. I mean, this could have killed me. It, this could have been it. Could have just blown up and that would have been it. Lordy, lordy. All right, have a great day, everybody. More tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.